Part three of Outside the Prison by Richard Harding Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Part three. The girl came back as if finding some comfort in their presence. She's inside now, with a nod of her head towards the prison her and her mother they come in a cab she added as if that circumstance made it a little harder to bear and when i asked if i could see him the man at the gate said he had orders not i suppose she gave him them orders don't you think so she did not wait for a reply but went on as though she had been watching alone so long that it was a relief to speak to some one how much money have you got she asked bronson told her fifty-five dollars the girl laughed sadly i only got fifteen dollars that ain't much is it that's all i could make i've been sick that and the fifteen i sent her the paper was it you that did you send any money to the paper asked bronson yes i sent fifteen dollars i thought maybe i wouldn't get to speak to him if she came out with him and i wanted him to have the money so i sent it to the paper and asked them to see he got it i give it under three names i give my initials and cash and just my name mary i wanted him to know it was me give it i suppose they'll send it all right fifteen dollars don't look like much against fifty-five dollars does it she took a small roll of bills from her pocket and smiled down at them her hands were bare and bronson saw that they were chapped and rough she rubbed them one over the other and smiled at him wearily bronson could not place her in the story he was about to write it was a new and unlooked-for element and one that promised to be of moment he took the roll of bills from his pocket and handed them to her you might as well give him this too he said i will be here until he comes out and it makes no difference who gives him the money so long as he gets it the girl smiled confusedly the show of confidence seemed to please her but she said no i'd rather not you see it isn't mine and i did work for this holding out her own roll of money she looked up at him steadily then paused for a moment and then said almost defiantly do you know who i am i can guess bronson said yes i suppose you can the girl answered well you can believe it or not just as you please as though he had accused her of something but before god it wasn't my doings she pointed with a wave of her hands towards the prison wall 
i did not know it was for me he helped them get the money until he said so on the stand i didn't know he was thinking about running off with me at all i guess i'd have gone if he had asked me but i didn't put him up to it as they said i'd done i knew he cared for me a lot but i didn't think he cared as much as that his wife she stopped and seemed to consider her words carefully as if to be quite fair in what she said his wife i guess didn't know just how to treat him she was too fond of going out and having company at the house when he was away nights watching at the bank when they was first married she used to go down to the bank and sit up with him to keep him company but it was lonesome there in the dark and she give it up she was always fond of company and having men around her and her mother are a good deal alike henry used to grumble about it and then she'd get mad and that's how it begun and then the neighbors talked too it was after that that he got to coming to see me i was living out in service then and he used to stop to see me on his way back from the bank about seven in the morning when i was up in the kitchen getting breakfast i'd give him a cup of coffee or something and that's how we got acquainted she turned her face away and looked at the lights farther down the street they said a good deal about me and him that wasn't true there was a pause and then she looked at bronson again i told him he ought to stop coming to see me and to make it up with his wife but he said he liked me best i couldn't help his saying that could i if he did then he then this come he nodded to the jail and they blamed me for it they said that i stood in with the bank robbers and was working with them they said they used me for to get him to help them she lifted her face to the boy and the man and they saw that her eyes were wet and that her face was quivering that's likely isn't it she demanded with a sob she stood for a moment looking at the great iron gate and then at the clock face glowing dully through the falling snow it showed a quarter to twelve when he was put away she went on sadly i started in to wait for him and to save something against his coming out i only got three dollars a week and my keep but i had saved one hundred and thirty dollars up to last april and then i took sick and it all went to the doctor and for medicines i didn't want to spend it that way but i couldn't die and not see him sometimes i thought it would be better if i did die and save the money for him and then there wouldn't be any more trouble anyway but i couldn't make up my mind to do it i did go without taking medicines they laid out for me for three days but i had to live i just had to sometimes i think i ought to have given up and not tried to get well what do you think 
bronson shook his head and cleared his throat as if he were going to speak but said nothing gallagher was looking up at the girl with large open eyes bronson wondered if any woman would ever love him as much as that or if he would ever love any woman so it made him feel lonesome and he shook his head well he said impatiently well that's all that's how it is she said she's been living on there at tackney with her mother she kept seeing as many men as before and kept getting pitied all the same everybody was so sorry for her when he was took so bad that time a year ago with his lungs they said in tackney that if he died she'd marry charlie oakes the conductor he's always going to see her them that knew her knew me and i got word about how henry was getting on i couldn't see him because she told lies about me to the warden and they wouldn't let me but i got word about him he's been fearfully sick just lately he caught a cold walking in the yard and it got down to his lungs that's why they are letting him out they say he's changed so i wonder if i'm changed much she said i've fallen off since i was ill she passed her hands slowly over her face with a touch of vanity that hurt bronson somehow and he wished he might tell her how pretty she still was do you think he'll know me she asked do you think she'll let me speak to him i don't know how can i tell said the reporter sharply he was strangely nervous and upset he could see no way out of it the girl seemed to be telling the truth and yet the man's wife was with him and by his side as she should be and this woman had no place on the scene and could mean nothing but trouble to herself and to every one else come he said abruptly we had better be getting up there it's only five minutes to twelve the girl turned with a quick start and walked on ahead of them up the drive leading between the snow-covered grass plots that stretched from the pavement to the wall of the prison she moved unsteadily and slowly and bronson saw that she was shivering either from excitement or the cold i guess said gallagher in an awed whisper that there's going to be a scrap shut up said bronson they stopped a few yards before the great green double gate with a smaller door cut in one of its halves and with the light from a big lantern shining down on them they could not see the clock face from where they stood and when bronson took out his watch and looked at it the girl turned her face to his appealingly but did not speak it will only be a little while now he said gently 
he thought he had never seen so much trouble and fear and anxiety in so young a face and he moved towards her and said in a whisper as though those inside could hear him control yourself if you can and then added doubtfully and still in a whisper you can take my arm if you need it the girl shook her head dumbly but took a step nearer him as if for protection and turned her eyes fearfully towards the gate the minutes passed on slowly but with intense significance and they stood so still that they could hear the wind playing through the wires of the electric light back of them and the clicking of the icicles as they dropped from the edge of the prison wall to the stones at their feet and then slowly and laboriously and like a knell the great gong of the prison sounded the first stroke of twelve but before it had counted three there came suddenly from all the city about them a great chorus of clanging bells and the shrieks and tooting of whistles and the booming of cannon from far downtown the big bell of the state house with its prestige and historic dignity back of it tried to give the time but the other bells raced past it and beat out on the cold crisp air joyously and uproariously from kensington to the skykill and from far across the neck over the marshes and frozen ponds came the dull roar of the guns at the navy yard and from the delaware the hoarse tootings of the ferry boats and the sharp shrieks of the tugs until the heavens seemed to rock and swing with the great welcome gallagher looked up quickly with a queer odd smile it's christmas he said and then he nodded doubtfully towards benson and said merry christmas sir it had come to the waiting holiday crowd downtown around the state house to the captain of the tug fog bound on the river to the engineer sweeping across the white fields and sounding his welcome with his hands on the bell-cord to the prisoners beyond the walls and to the children all over the land watching their stockings at the foot of their beds and then the three were instantly drawn down to earth again by the near sharp click of opening bolts and locks and the green gates swung heavily in before them the jail-yard was light with whitewash 
and two great lamps in front of round reflectors shone with blinding force in their faces and made them start suddenly backward as though they had been caught in the act and held in a circle of a policeman's lantern in the middle of the yard was the carriage in which the prisoner's wife and her mother had come and around it stood the wardens and turnkeys in their blue and gold uniforms they saw them dimly from behind the glare of the carriage lamps that shone in their faces and saw the horses moving slowly towards them and the driver holding up their heads as they slipped and slid on the icy stones the girl put her hand on bronson's arm and clinched it with her fingers but her eyes were on the advancing carriage the horses slipped nearer to them and passed them and the lights from the lamps now showed their backs and the paving-stones beyond them and left the cab in partial darkness it was a four-seated carriage with a movable top opening into two halves at the centre it had been closed when the cab first entered the prison a few hours before but now its top was thrown back and they could see that it held the two women who sat facing each other on the farther side and on the side nearer them stretching from the forward seat to the top of the back was a plain board coffin prison made and painted black the girl at benson's side gave something between a cry and a shriek that turned him sick for an instant and that made the office-boy drop his head between his shoulders as though some one had struck at him from above even the horses shied with sudden panic towards one another and the driver pulled them in with an oath of consternation and threw himself forward to look beneath their hoofs and as the carriage stopped the girl sprang in between the wheels and threw her arms across the lid of the coffin and laid her face down upon the boards that were already damp with the falling snow henry 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 she moaned the surgeon who attended the prisoner through the sickness that had cheated the country of three hours of his sentence ran out from the hurrying crowd of wardens and drew the girl slowly and gently away and the two women moved on triumphantly with their sorry victory bronson gave his copy to gallagher to take to the office and gallagher laid it and the roll of money on the city editor's desk and then so the chief related afterwards moved off quickly to the door 
the chief looked up from his proofs and touched the roll of money with his pencil here what's this he asked wouldn't he take it gallagher stopped and straightened himself as though about to tell with proper dramatic effect the story of the night's adventure and then as though the awe of it still hung upon him backed slowly to the door and said confusedly no sir he was he didn't need it end of part three end of outside the prison recorded by caroline in istanbul turkey in june two thousand and fifteen thank you for listening